And when when Alan Dulles says, my paraphrasing here, my job is finished when everything they know is a lie. Now, when people read that, they think that the head of the CIA, CIA was talking about the other people, those in foreign lands, or but no, he was talking about me and you. Everything that we know is a lie. Our mindset of the people here in the United States of America is split right down the middle. We have half the people that want to be taken care of from the cradle to the grave. They love it. They want, yes, get up, go to work, do this, pay my taxes, march. They love it. That's who they want to be. Then there are other people that say, well, wait a minute here. Government is supposed to serve us. We're not supposed to serve government. So no, I don't want to be taken care of from the cradle to the grave. I want to be a free man. That's who I want. Carbon 60 or C60 first gained notoriety back in 2012 from a study that increased the lifespan of rats by a whopping 90%. Since that breakthrough study, scientists have conducted thousands of studies showing C60 not only has a very real potential extending lifespan, but also has been shown to be better than any other substance ever studied to reduce inflammation, eliminate free radicals, provide powerful antioxidants, and more. After the famous rat study, scientists at Live Longer Labs realized a human, not industrial, formula needed to be made. That's when they set out to be the first lab in the world to focus on what is best for human consumption of C60. This led Live Longer Labs to pioneer a high-quality, 99.9% pure C60 refined without solvents in oils that work best for humans, and that is black seed oil. Look it up yourself. Black seed oil has been known as a universal healer for millennia, and more modern studies confirmed its benefits as a potent antioxidant and for anti-inflammation. Simply, it's not like other oils. It's better. To try this amazing product, go to sarahwestel.com under shop. Remember, members of Ebeneer save 10%, and all listeners can save 5% using the coupon found at sarahwestel.com under shop. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have two really great people joining me today. Their names are Ron Vrooman and Charlie White. And they have an assembly that they're doing, but they're doing it a little differently. And I wanted to talk to them. I've had people tell me these are the people you need to talk to. I got to tell you, when I talk to different people trying to do assemblies and trying to do, you know, take back our country, I've noticed that nobody works together. Nobody can unite. It's like they're all at each other. The other thing that really bothers me is that when you join these assemblies, you can't vote anymore. So it's almost a tool for the powers that be to get rid of the people who care about freedom and want you to stop messing with them. So I addressed that today with them and why it bothers me so much. And they agreed with me. We need to unite. But I got to tell you, this country is so messed up. It's so corrupt. It's corrupt at every level. And we need to unwind that. I don't care where you are in this country. If you're an American, left, right, any in between, 
I don't know how you can't care about these issues that are happening. I think it affects all of us, whether you're talking about elections being rigged, talking about human trafficking, you're talking about them trying to create a worldwide government and usurp the sovereignty of the United States. All of this is happening. And for those of you who care about the United States at all and the future of your children, then this is for you to start figuring out how we can unwind this gross attack on the sovereignty of our nation and of the people and the corruption that is so thoroughly embedded throughout all of our courts, our justice system, our Congress, our military, pretty much everywhere. And we have to take this back. And a lot of people out in the audience, I've had people tell me they don't feel like they can do anything. They just feel like you got to do something. You got to start going to places and figuring out how you can do something, whether it's even getting on your library board, because the libraries are not adding books that the narrative, the powers that be don't approve of. They talk about censoring books and they're talking about pornography, porn books being censored. And in the media, they're acting, doing this big hoopla about how everybody's trying to censor books. But in reality, there are a lot of books that they truly are censoring when it comes to the truth, like the George Floyd books. You can't get those. There's a lot of books that you cannot get in our library system because they don't want you to know the truth. While they're also doing the propaganda that we're not allowing porn, soft porn books in our schools. So it's just a, a big farce and you need to get involved. Everyone can be on a library board. Everyone can go to their local school board meetings. You can pick up the What's Behind the Green Mask by Rosa Corey and learn what they're doing at the local levels to infiltrate everything. You can do that. That's something that every citizen in this country can do. For those of you who are more motivated, you can join an assembly and you can figure it out. I like the, what these guys are doing because they have a way to vote, get into the system, and then also be part of your assembly. Because once you vote, you leave and they want you to join these assemblies and then leave and then you no longer vote. Now all you're doing is adding to the problem because even if the system is extremely rigged and they're always picking things, if you're not involved in the process, then it's easier for them. They're just good, good ridden. And then they can also use that as ammunition against you. So it's important to be smart in how we do these things. That being said, this is a long conversation, so I hope you stay for the whole show. Okay, and I also want to tell you that the United for Free speech site is up and ready to go. Sign up for the newsletter so that you can be on board with the censored conference. If we do this right, the censored conference is going to be like a TED Talks of censored people. Just want it to be really dialed in with quality people. We're going to use the money we raised to fund actions all around the country, light matches, fund those groups that are actually getting things accomplished, doing good work. I also want to reinitiate the lawsuit against Google now that we have a little bit better strategy that we're outlining. And with the Twitter files, it allows us to outline a better strategy. We're going to have a better shot going forward. 
So take some time, go to unitedforfreespeech.com, check it out. I'm really excited that it is all dialed in. There's more stuff we need to add. We're going to add some videos. We're going to do some other things to explain who we are and what we're trying to do. The platforms that it's going to be airing on for free, because it's going to air for free. And then afterwards, uh, if you want to watch any of the shows that you missed or any shows for any conference that we do this year, then you can uh, buy a ticket for it. It's going to be every five weeks. So this is going to be an ongoing thing. And uh, we're, we're going to make this work. It's We need some structured ways to take this country back. And so that's going to be my contribution. And, I, and it's really something that's missing in our movement is to have an organized way to fund things that actually are getting things done. Okay. That being said, go to sarahwestall.com. Please support my affiliates. That's how I support my work. Everything else I'm doing with the censored conference and the freedom of speech, it's all volunteer by me. So if you support my affiliates and you support my work, that keeps me going. So thank you so much for everybody who does. I, I really appreciate that. Now let's get into my great show with Charlie White and Ron Vrooman. Hi, Charlie and Ron. You are have come to me with such high uh, requests that people are going to be excited about this interview, I think. They might not know who you are, but it's going to be good. I'm, I just know it. So thank you for thank joining you. the program. Thank you for having us. Well, let's dive right in. First of all, actually give an overview of what you guys are doing. Well, no, let's take a step back. Let's do your prayer. You guys want to do a prayer to start everything. And I'm okay with that. Let's do yeah, the thank prayer. You. So I'll just say that uh, before all of our meetings and recordings, we do a prayer because we can't do this alone. We are truly blessed with the love and commitment we share and for this, we give gratitude to you, beloved creator. We have found our others and still are as we walk this leg of our journey, each and together. We give thanks for the seeming synchronicities that come along to help us on our way. We have gratitude for the love that makes room for discernment without judgment and allows for differences. And where there is joy and harmony always, we thank you. Please that we continue to walk with you, you who set us in motion. Head us in the right direction that we can make the difference for all our focus and commitment to what we believe is a higher pathway. Keep our hearts open and our thoughts and feelings high that we may continue all that we do with right purpose and attraction for all that is good and righteous. Let it be so, and so it is. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you. That was great. Okay, let's dive into what it is that you do at a high level. And then I have a lot of questions. <laughs> Go ahead, Ron. What do we do at a high level? <laughs> uh, explain it so people our, get a general our, idea. Our, our very best. That's what we do at the <laughs> highest level we can go. Mm. Uh, what do we do? Um introduce people to the nomenclature of what it is that is going on. Uh, words are really important and we think we know what we're saying, but we don't. We uh, assume that what we're saying will be understood by others, but it's not. So what we deal with mostly is 
vocabulary and what do words mean? Uh, like the Constitution. Yes, there's a good <laughs> one. Uh, okay, Constitution, Charlie. Um, there is one Constitution, and that's the Constitution of the United States of America. And our name was given to us by the founding fathers when there was 13 colonies, and they named us. They had a confederation and perpetual union, and they named it the United States of America. That's it. That's the name. Then when they, they had to uh, write they formed a confederation and perpetual union. And it that document wasn't good enough for the rest of the world to do business and to be uh, trusted as a, as a nation. So then they had to invent the constitution. And they wrote the constitution specifically for the United States. And the United States is a government management company for the United States of America. And the United States is located in Washington, District of Columbia. It's the United States of Washington, District of Columbia. Anytime you see anything other than those two names, you're looking at uh, either knowingly or unknowingly, you're being uh, defrauded. Okay. Um, so you try, that's what you're doing with your assemblies. You guys are trying to get people to understand and for us to get things set up better. And we're going to talk a lot about that. Uh, one thing I, I, I have to get out there immediately is that I, every time I talk about this topic online or, you know, with people, I immediately get people sending me every single assembly, every single person that does this believes their way is the right way, the best way. And I'm told that I'm a moron for talking to you or they have a better way of doing it. And it never fails. Now, what do you see with that? Because I can't tell you how disturbing it is for me to see that behavior and not uniting and trying to do something that helps everybody. Agreed. So you, you run um, into that too, I assume? All the time. Oh, yeah. All the time. Yeah. And uh, it's really frustrating uh, because we know that we have to come together. And um, uh, it's really off, uh, difficult for, uh, uh, for example, one of the assemblies will not allow you in if if you're a member of this, if you call yourself that, uh, one thing and another. Our assembly is uh, the only people that we welcome into our assembly are those who recognize that they're not United States citizens, that they are a man or a woman on the land and soil of our state of Oregon so that they can participate in our uh, jury pool. And uh, that would mean that they can then uh, vote 
for the grand jury decision and then also for the petite jury trial. The other things is we don't want bar attorneys and we can go into all this and we don't want people who are working for the U.S. government, basically, <laughs> corporation. So those are those are the only caveats. We're men and women on Oregon. That's it. Okay. The other question I have is how does yours work? Because one thing that happens is that people claim that once you're involved, you can't vote anymore. You can't do all these things. That's what I'm told. And it's like, well, if you can't vote anymore in the other, it seems like a really great way to pull people away from the pull that those type of people away from voting and being involved in the mass oriented system. And so it seems that they could be a backwards way of getting rid of people doing effective work in with the government. What do you think of that? Can I take that one? Yes. Um, this is how we look at it. If you are a man or a woman on the land and soil of your state or territory with your children and you're without a ruler and you're without subject, then you are a sovereign. And our mindset of the people here in the United States of America is split right down the middle. We have half the people that want to be taken care of from the cradle to the grave. They love it. They want, yes, get up, go to work, do this, pay my taxes, march. They love it. That's who they want to be. Then there are other people that say, well, wait a minute here. Government is supposed to serve us. We're not supposed to serve government. So no, I don't want to be taken care of from the cradle to the grave. I want to be a free man. That's who I want to be. So then if you can comprehend and get the proper mindset that, yes, you are a de jure, a lawful human being, then you have no master, you have no ruler, and you are sovereign. So now if you're sovereign, how do you how do you prove that? Well, the proof is with living testimony in the form of an affidavit of truth. And you you write out who you are simply. It's it's a short paragraph. It means everything, but it, it doesn't take a lot of words. There is nothing higher on this earth than a man or a woman. You can't get higher than that. A state national doesn't get there. A citizen doesn't get there. You can have a foreign agent, a registered foreign agent. You can be all of these different categories and jurisdictions and venues that a person can be in person meaning first person singular of people not the incorporated all caps person vernacular yes <laughs> so so if you are that man or woman and you testify 
in the form of an affidavit and you sign it in red and you print your name in blue, you date it in blue and you put a red thumbprint on it and then you get two witnesses. Now you have the strongest document that a man or a woman can provide anybody, any court in the de facto or in the de jure. That's who you are. You are a free being. Now, a free being can expatriate from that jurisdiction to any jurisdiction that you want to be. I want to expatriate from being a free man and join the Navy and fight the bad guys. 1942. I want to uh, expatriate from being a free man and I want to vote in the U.S. elections. And to vote in the U.S. election, you have to be a U.S. citizen. So I can, exp and Charlie and I did. We expatriated from being a free and sovereign man or woman. We expatriated to being a U.S. citizen. And we okay. registered to vote, Perfect. and we voted. Perfect. For the vote. And then we can, we can, we can step back out. Well, but see, that's and perfect because it's like if you don't do some of that, that is our current, that is some of the current weapons we have. And if we decide we're not going to do vote and be, even though the voting is rigged and things are screwed up, I get all that. But if we decide we're not going to do that, then we're giving away one of the tools that we have. And I just, and we're, we're making the enemy a hell of a lot stronger. Yes. Yes, and and it's really an issue of free expression because that is who we are. Is we want to be free and to express ourselves and our creativity and make a mark in the world that is from our own unique self, our authentic self. And if we can't do that, and we can't in the current system in so many ways, then um, that and that's what we're about. Perfect. That was the best answer I've heard because so many say that once you're out, if you vote, you can't vote because and you then you're out because then you, you know, it's like, well, now we're just, I, I, I had some serious issues with that because it seemed at this point that all we were doing is getting out of the way so they could, especially if you're in small numbers, if you're in big numbers and you actually have an assembly that is really making a difference then uh, I can hear a different argument. But when we're starting out and it's fledgling and they don't have a lot of power, just get, all you're doing is getting people out of their way. So right. I love and what you yeah. said, just said, okay. Yeah, the people are the government. It shouldn't be the way it is. It's not about the government running the people. It's the That's people right. um, agreeing with and supporting what was created by people. So, um, you know, we have to look at, and, and to me, it's very simple. You either are on the corporate side of being a person or you're with the people. It's not, it, it's either or. It's de facto versus de jure. Okay. And then we probably need to help people understand how you can go in and out so that you don't hose yourself over because um, I, I think almost every, I think everyone should at least vote, even if it's a rigged goofball system there's a heck of a lot of people that really believe in the system and want it to be fair and so that's something we can work with and so people want to know how you can um 
you can come in and out of the system because they don't want to lose that right. They don't want to lose that part of it. You know, they don't want, there's a lot of things they don't want to lose and we shouldn't have to, we should have it anyways, but this is what we're dealing with. Right. Ron, you had your hand up. Yeah. Sorry. I wasn't Um, looking at the screen right now. Go ahead. No, that's fine. No, no, that's fine. He was going to answer you. (laughs) What, what we do is we read the documents and then that's what is the truth. And the documents are the Declaration of Independence, the Articles uh, of Confederation and Perpetual Union, the Constitution of the United States of America, and the Constitution of your state or territory. Those those are the founding documents. That's That's what's the law. In addition to that, there are the statutes at large, which is what Congress does and writes down and actually implements in the statutes at large. And then there are treaties. And that's it. That's all there is. So all this other stuff that they make up and give to you as as truth or doctrine isn't. It just isn't. Can I read this? This is it basically so it's, it's just it's it's like a, a manual inside a corporation. It's their own operating manual, but it, it does not affect us. Mm-hmm. Okay, exactly. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. That's right. uh, people hear this all the time, and I want to I want to read it because they leave out part, and the word is de facto. In fact, indeed, actually. This phrase is used to characterize an officer, a government, a past action, or a state of affairs which must be accepted for all practical purposes, comma, but is illegal or illegitimate. That's what de facto is. That's what we've had from the United States District of Columbia out of Washington, D.C. since March 1861, color of law. Now, the next thing they say is, in this sense, it is the contrary of de jure. And de jure is that which is rightful, legitimate, just, or constitutional. So that's where we are. And all of the other assemblies that I have come in contact with, they all talk about it, but they don't do anything about it. How do you switch from de facto to de jure? That's the question. And we figured it out by reading what's printed for us. We put Can, I read? Can I read it? Sure, go ahead. We put this on the back of all of our business cards, business cards, <laughs> presentation cards. So when so I give is... somebody a card, this is what they get. Read it for right. us so that people can hear. Yeah. So this is from the Oregon Constitution. We declare, it's Article 1, Section 1. We declare that all men, when they form a social compact, are equal and right, that all power is inherent in the people. And all free governments are founded in their authority 
and instituted for their peace, safety, and happiness. And they have at all times a right to alter, reform, or abolish the government in such manner as they may think proper. So our assembly has formed the social compact that is in that Article 1, Section 1, and so we call ourselves Article 1, Section 1. That's who we are. Okay. And what I've heard from the people that I've talked to about you guys is what makes you different is you're actually getting things done. And not only just talking about it and then having a placeholder for people, you have some amazing things that you're doing. Can you talk about some of the things that you have done that makes it that matters? Yes, because uh, so first of all, uh, we have our action committee. It's about 10 people, 10 or 11, it varies, but that's it. Um, and we have our Monday morning meetings every Monday. And then we have our evening meetings, which is open to the General Assembly and anyone else who wants to join our meetings to uh, have discussion and see what it is that we're up to. Um, and so uh, we, we wrestle with issues. One uh, that I'd like to refer to is 109. It's the recording 109 where it actually was taken from our meeting where we were talking about the word um, council. And it was such a good uh, example of what we do and what Ron was talking about in terms of the vernacular, you know, the words we use and how people assume that a word means something, or even they assume that a courtroom is something. It's not that. So uh, that was 109. If you look on our Oregon Statewide Jural Assembly, uh, orsja.org is our website, and you can find it there. It's probably on BitChute or one of those. Uh, it may even be on YouTube. So um, we have our meetings. Um, we have addressed to, to uh, okay, so we address issues on Oregon nationwide i mean it can be national issues that matter like the COVID issue where oregon health authority has stepped in and ignored things that have come to us nationally uh authorities we say okay oregon health authority you've, you've stepped over the rights of us you have violated our rights um we have taken politicians uh kate brown we held the grand jury in a petite jury trial convicted her all 90 legislators on Oregon after that. Um, we had arraignments too. So we had the grand jury, we write the true bill um, presentment and then the true bill, and then we had the arraignment and then the trial. So we've done that time and again for various issues and naming various people in the government in positions of authority like policymakers, Oregon Health Authority, Oregon Department of Education is a good one. And we have people who come to us because they have issues, whether their children have been taken, whether with the Oregon, um, you know, with the, with the child services, child protection services, or DHS. Um, people who don't want to serve on a jury in a corrupt court, so they don't want to do jury jury duty, but they'll be on our jury because our jury is the people. And a lot of uh, the courts don't even have juries. Jury yeah, they anymore. stop doing so, that. They just let the judge yeah. decide. And the judges yeah. in the take. Yeah. Cause yeah. the only way to get a fair trial, it was like our Google thing. It's like, well, we need a jury trial. Otherwise we're not getting anywhere with these guys. Uh, this yeah. is going to be terrible. Yes. That was and, why and they everyone... established the jury trials. Cause I knew that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Can I make a small point here? Please. 
uh, Amendment 7 of the Constitution, and I'll, I'll say it, but it'll be a, a paraphrase. There, there is no judge in Amendment 7. The trial is by a jury. And the jury will make the decision, and that's it. So a judge handles everything less than 20 bucks constitutionally. Because it says in Amendment 7, in, in all cases of more than 20 bucks. So we have an Amendment 7 jury court. And we also have an Article 3, one Supreme Court claiming original jurisdiction. Now, nobody else has gone to the trouble to do that. And you, you have to read the documents, and then you have to do what it says. And that's what we do, and the others don't. And another thing that we do is we notify everybody the FBI, the DOJ, the U.S. Marshals, the Marine Corps, the state of Oregon, the 36 sheriffs on Oregon, we notify them all. We are doing this. This is who we are. If you disagree, rebut our statement. You have 7, 14, and 21 days to rebut us or it will stand. And we do that every single time. And there's no other assembly that does that. They talk about stuff, yeah, but I they know. don't file the paperwork. I think most of these assemblies are for people protecting themselves and getting out of the system instead of looking at it as how do we restore the system. Now, can you That's... talk about, talk about when you've done some of these things, has it produced real results? Yeah. Charlie went to uh, Eugene, to the uh, United States Federal District Court of Oregon in Eugene with Cynthia and uh, Mark. Mark, name, thank you, Charlie. <laughs> Brain doesn't function good all the time. They went there with three amicus curiae papers and filed it into the court and then sat in the courtroom ready to stand as amicus curiae. The judge came in, talked a little bit, then he recessed the court. Guys go to the toilet or get a drink and when they came back, the court was closed. The court has been closed now for how many months, Charlie? It's been over a year. Yeah. Wow. They will not go against us. They they will rather close the court and postpone the case. The other thing that we did in that case was we filed in the claim of cognizance on his behalf on our I can't call him a client. We're not attorneys. Uh, he, we were his counsel. And he's been fighting this for a long time, but he was falsely accused and actually falsely brought into this hearing. It wasn't a trial. There was no jury, no nothing. It was just between him and an attorney for a company. And uh, it was 
as is the court. <laughs> so um, it was announced in the beginning that we weren't going, there would be nothing that could be shared <clears throat> from those of us sitting in the uh, back. So that was frustrating. So that was, we had already filed the claim of cognizance, which is a third party jurisdiction intervention. And so that was already on the docket. And then uh, we were ready for the Mika's Curiae. So when the courtroom got closed, we went down immediately and filed those in. So uh, yeah, nothing's happened since then on his before him against him, whatever. And so you guys are making progress. And, oh, and so what progress have you made um, so far? I mean, this is a big deal. That's why the people that I talked to said you got to talk to them because they're actually doing real work and making real progress on stuff. And that's, that's, to me, that's all that matters. I don't care about me being, uh, you know, out of the system that much. I, I mean, I, that's, that's great. I care about the future of our country. You know, I care about a bigger deal. And, um, and, and so people are telling me that you guys are the real deal and people can learn from you. What are you doing to expand your people's understanding the assembly and expand it so that, eventually this will be the 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 way things are done again you know in, instead of you having to fight uh, one it's by basically one. go ahead exactly yeah it's it's uh, natural law common law you know we're we're getting it back to simple so that people have have can be heard uh you know in a courtroom which is a fiction that's basically a bank and the judges wear robes i mean, it's all an act and it's really a money mill uh, so that, you know, they, they, they check it with your bond, you know, your uh, Sedicate trust, whatever. <laughs> it's just uh, really a facade. And so you get snared into the system. So our objective, first of all, in the assembly is to learn and then to share what we know and to educate. And Ron does a lot of recordings. Uh, we have uh, recordings that are put out of that every week. Um, we've had, well, 100, over 100 now, um, recordings that are, pur the purpose is to educate. And so, and they're not long. Uh, most of them are, you know, what, 40 minutes or so. Um, and then uh, to have people recognize the difference between what the people on the land and soil and governing in our community and you know right down to our neighborhood and to our our um, county not even our county our literal neighborhood uh, school boards that kind of thing covid was great in the sense that people got awakened to what was happening to our kids in the education system and yeah, so um, and then the masks were another great way of, for the divide to be so obvious, uh, it's like a bumper sticker, but it's on your face. You know? <laughs> so you know yeah. whether people are compliant, yeah. how much information they have, and who what their information source is. So, I just got to tell you, I'm in Minnesota, and it's it's that probably is true with the majority with a lot probably the majority of the people, but a lot of people were just afraid not mm -hmm. to comply because they didn't want to have to deal with it. I because I was the only one around not wearing a mask. And I often got verbally assaulted and, yes. um, I, and I'm not kidding you. And, and so 
a lot of people just punted and said, this isn't, I got to make a living. I got to do all this stuff. I don't want to screw around with that. And they didn't stand up for that. They had bigger, they thought they had other fish to fry. So, you know, in a state like mine, where everybody is so misinformed, it feels like, except when you go to the outer area, it's the, the twin cities, it's the city area yeah. where it's a sea of sheep. And, and so the, the sheep that aren't, or the people who aren't, you know, that do see some of this stuff, they just rather blend into the sheep because it's a hell of a lot easier. Right. Well, we've gotten to where we are because of compliance and because of bullying, basically, you know, the, yeah. the de facto has taken, has, it's in, gotten into, it's like a web work or a, a weaving and gradually, 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 that's why I call it color of law because they keep changing and adding, changing and adding. So one thing is taken over and then another is taken over and another, and then they eliminate this and they change that. A good example is the Oregon constitution and uh, um, Article 7.